Thank you and welcome to Scripture on Creation. I'm Scott Kump. And I'm Dr. Ben Scripture. Dr. Scripture, evolutionary explanations for the origin of Earth and life on it continue to evolve, <laughs> and some research just published has the evolutionists revamping their theory of how the Earth and the Moon came to be. Yes, Scott. First of all, I'm very grateful to one of our regular listeners, Chris Tyree from Milledgeville, Georgia, who made me aware of this new research. The original work is published in a journal called Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, or PNAS for short, and reported on in the online magazine InterestingEngineering.com on February 14, 2022. We'll give the reference information again at the end of the program because I think there may be a number of people who, after hearing this, will be interested in reading about this research for themselves. Hmm. Interestingengineering.com. <laughs> I've never heard of that before, and I'm sure we've never presented anything from that site before. I'd never heard of it before either, Scott, but I am familiar with PNAS, and I read the PNAS article, and interestingengineering.com was accurate in reporting the original article's findings. The title of the report is, Scientists Think They Found the Source of Earth's Water, by Brad Bergen. And the subtitle says, and it could substantially reduce estimates for the age of the moon. Okay, I don't mean to interrupt so soon, Dr. Scripture, but what happened? Did they read the first few verses of Genesis? <laughs> well, Scott, no, they were definitely not consulting the Bible. They studied moon rocks. However, what we're going to see is what they found fits very nicely with what Genesis chapter 1 reveals. And as we've mentioned already, their findings are prompting significant changes in previously held ideas about the formation of the Earth and Moon from an evolutionary perspective. But before I start reading some excerpts from the article, I think I should give a quick summary of the basic evolutionary explanation for planet formation, which is how deep-time adherents claim the Earth and Moon were formed. A solar system supposedly forms by the condensation method. A huge cloud of spinning gas condenses on itself due to gravitational forces, and in the middle, where the greatest mass is condensing upon itself, the pressure results in so much heat, the mass bursts into flame. Well, actually, the mass undergoes fusion, producing a star. Ah. Further out from the swirling center, however, the condensing matter just forms huge chunks that will eventually become planets orbiting the newly formed star. Many of these chunks then collide, forming larger chunks, until eventually, after billions of years, there is a system of planets orbiting the star. And some of the planets have satellites orbiting them. They are called moons. So, Dr. Scripture, I have a question about the composition of the planets that are formed that way. It seems to me they should all be pretty much similar if they're all formed from the same original swirling gas. But my understanding is the planets in our solar system are very different from each other. Mm -hmm. Earth especially is nothing like Venus or Saturn. So how would the condensation theory explain that? Scott, that is an excellent question. And I cannot speak for the evolutionists who propose this theory. But I think they say it has something to do with varying distances from the center of the solar system and how that affects the planet's composition. But the fact that the Earth and Moon vary significantly from one another is a major reason why this new research is being done. They are attempting to explain how the two bodies composing the Earth-Moon system can be so different. 
So now with that little bit of background, let's read from the interestingengineering.com article. Quote, scientists may have finally discovered the answer to a long-standing question about the origin of life on Earth. For decades, the consensus was that Earth got its water from asteroids or perhaps from a collision that led to the moon's formation. But by looking at moon rocks, scientists discovered something else. Okay, hold it. I'm sorry, but I have to interrupt again. Okay. I thought this was going to be about the origins of the Earth-Moon system, not life on Earth. (laughs) But the first sentence of the article says they discovered the true answer to the question about the origin of life on Earth. Yes, Scott. But notice the next sentence refers to how Earth got its water. And to an evolutionist, water equals life. Ah, yes, I forgot. The evolutionary assumption is start with water, add dirt, stir, and after a billion years, voila, life spontaneously appears. That's it, Scott. And I hope something as simple as the example of those introductory sentences to this article sinks into everyone's mind. That is how ingrained yet unscientific the assumption of spontaneous generation to explain the origin of life has become in the evolutionary worldview. So from their perspective, that's all that needed to be said about the origin of life. The research is about the origin of the water. Ah. Remember, the title of the article is Scientists Think They Found the Source of Earth's Water. I'll read some more now. According to a study published in the Journal of Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, the abundance of water on Earth was either here in the first place or deposited by an extremely wet, nearly pure water object in the past. This is a gigantic step forward in the history of our planet's evolution and, in turn, the preconditions for life as we know it. But it also moves our estimates of the moon's age back substantially. When they say the water was deposited by an object in the past, that's talking about one of those collisions of matter as the solar system was forming? Exactly. And the names used to describe the objects that supposedly collided and formed the Earth-Moon system are Proto-Earth and Theia, (laughs) or Theia, spelled T-H-E-I-A. And I'll pronounce it Theia. So then, reading more from the article under the heading, Investigating an Ancient Apocalyptic Impact, it says, quote, It's a scientific fact that the Earth-Moon system formed from a single impact between two gargantuan bodies in the solar system's early days. This is why the moon's history is joined at the hip to the Earth's. But unlike Earth, the moon doesn't experience the joys of plate tectonics or weathering, which means billion-year-old clues to ancient events in the solar system haven't been erased and buried. Despite roughly 70% of the Earth's surface being covered by water, our world is pretty dry compared to other bodies in the solar system. Of course, the moon is drier, which is why for a long time, the scientific consensus was that the lack of water on the Earth-Moon system was the result of this originating impact that created the two bodies, flinging volatile elements like water into space, unquote. Dr. Scripture, what do they mean when they say our world is pretty dry compared to other bodies in the solar system? Unless they're referring to comets, I'm pretty sure water is more abundant on Earth compared to the other planets. It seems like the main purpose of all the space exploration NASA engages in these days is to find water, any water, anywhere on any other planet, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that they can claim maybe that's where life came from. I agree, Scott. But that is if they were just talking about water. 
but they are referring to any compounds or elements that are volatile. In other words, they evaporate fairly easily. Oh, uh, okay. Anyway, what they're getting at is the difference we find in the water content of the Earth compared to the moon cannot be due to evaporation occurring only from the moon, but not on the Earth. They're saying that the difference in water content between the Earth and moon cannot be due to what was previously widely held by evolutionists. Their research indicates the difference must now be explained in one of two ways. One is the proto-Earth had an abundance of water, and Theia had virtually none. And when Theia collided with proto-Earth, Theia was mostly responsible for forming the moon. Therefore, the moon has much less water than the Earth. The other option is both the proto-Earth and Theia were void of volatile elements and compounds, and later on, after the Earth-Moon system formed, a massive body of water collided with Earth. You mean like the flood. (laughs) No, that's not at all what they mean. Okay. (laughs) Let's just read some more from the article. So under the heading, Earth was probably born with water, and the Moon is much younger. It says, quote, Earth was either born with the water we have, or we were hit by something that was pure water, with not much else in it. Explains Greg Brenica, I hope I have his name pronounced correctly, a cosmochemist and co-author of the PNAS study. In a statement, he says, This work eliminates meteorites or asteroids as a possible source of water on Earth, and points strongly toward the born-with-it option, unquote. So, to explain a little more. I think, then, the reason the researchers are choosing the born-with-it option is because of the idea of a small planet-sized blob of pure water floating around (laughs) in space and colliding with Earth and then somehow missing the moon is a little too far-fetched even for them. Thus, the Earth basically seems to have always had its abundance of water from its, as they would identify it, from its evolutionary beginning. Dr. Scripture, when you read the title of the article, Scientists Think They Found the Source of Earth's Water, and I asked if they had read the first few verses of Genesis, you said no. (laughs) They did research on material from the moon. Right. But what they came up with is almost exactly what is described in Genesis. That's about right, Scott. Let's read the first two verses of Genesis chapter 1. You first. Okay. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void. And darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. So there is the description of the earth when God created it. It was covered with water. Or putting it the way the evolutionists put it, it was born with water. It never surprises me when the results of the latest research fits with what the Bible says. But what does amaze me is that scientists, who are thoroughly unbelieving when it comes to what the Bible reveals about the origin of the universe, the earth, and the life on it, are able to make these kinds of complex discoveries from clues hidden in the substances God created so long, and we're not talking about billions of years as they assume, but thousands of years ago. And to add one other bit of information from this research, It required another alteration in what has been the supposed evolutionary age of the moon. I'll read from the conclusion of the article now. And this does more than change the source of Earth's comparably abundant water we see today. The new work suggests that the two large bodies that collided and formed the moon both must have hailed from the inner solar system. This also means that apocalyptic impact couldn't have happened more than 4.45 billion years ago, substantially reducing the moon's age. 
And then under the heading Paradigm Shift, it says, Our scientific grasp of the origin of life, the Earth and its moon, is still evolving. Which serves to remind us that no matter how advanced we think our science has become, we still have a long, long way to go before we understand how we even got here. Mm. It boggles the mind. So, Dr. Scripture, our time is about up, and at the beginning of the program, you said we'd repeat the reference for the article we've been discussing. Uh, Yes, go ahead and do that. It's the February 14th, 2022 publication of interestingengineering.com. That's interestingengineering, all run together, one word, dot com. And from it, we've learned that what evolutionists believed just a couple of months ago concerning the details related to the origin of things like the Earth, the Moon, the water on the earth, and how old things are has changed again. At least for now, Scott. (laughs) And that's okay from the perspective that that's the nature of man's scientific knowledge. It's just unfortunate that in today's world, the predominant scientific perspective is evolutionary. And from that foundation, the interpretations of evidence are almost always going to be faulty. Thank God he has given us his word, which is always right and never changes. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. And that's not what I say. That's what Scripture says.